0: Any questions tonight? Yes? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> um, last night, or uh, the other night at Ashram Marge's class, uh, uh, he mentioned that for the 30 days you should make a vow and then also mm, do some special devotion towards Srimati So I was just wondering what sort of special devotion special prayers and stuff like that. Well, it's yes, it's said that um, the Kartik Vrat is something that, such that a little done uh, goes a long way. It's something like uh, uh, if there's a necessity, then even a small service is magnified. So, if you're in the desert, water means a lot. Otherwise, do you want some water? Maybe. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So, Kartik has that, said to have that type of effect, as mentioned in, in the Puranas, probably in Vishnu Purana, Padma Purana, and the Goswamis have invoked those references. And um, it's um, Urjabrata, another term for it which uh, refers to the shakti, so a month for devotion to Radha. Um, And um, it's the month that follows the month that represents Krishna. So the simple logic is that if this, if Marga is Krishna's month, then Radha's month must follow, wherever Krishna is. Rad is in some form, so um so yeah, it's a it's a a um, valuable time and, and it's, as such, there are any number of uh, commitments or <coughs> vows that one could make that should uh, more than anything else constitute a, an increase of one's uh, devotional activities, adding some devotional. Activities with consistency on a daily basis to that which one is already um, uh, um, engaging in on a regular basis. Unfortunately, it's um, it's often uh, looked at, in in my experience, in the the international community of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, as as more of something that, uh, that involves stopping something, giving up something fasting from this, quitting from that, like Lent in the Catholic tradition for 40 days. I'll give up something. Hmm? Um, I don't remember being particularly good at that in my Catholic days. But, um, but uh, I think that the, uh, the idea is really in concert with the uh, sense of bhakti, obviously it is in, in general, which is adds something positive and the negative uh, recedes. right? So our renunciation, for example, is is not really vairagya in the uh, uh, sense of the jnanis and the yogis. We rather refer to it as vairag, a special kind of rag a special kind of attachment hmm? that uh, has as a corresponding result uh, detachment so if you if you love Krishna, then you give up things that aren't favorable for loving Krishna, it won't be pleasing to him if you know your boyfriend doesn't like this or your girlfriend, then you might want to give it up hmm? even though it might be a dear to you, the relationship is more dear, and so forth. So it's a by-product, the giving up is a by-product of something positive. So we sometimes, re- I think Rupa Goswami has referred to it as, as, as Yukta Bhairagya, so it's a Bhairagya by which you become Yukta, hmm. linked, right, to something, <laughs> attachment. So, We wearily really advance rather than by Bhairagya in the ordinary sense of the term, by by sangha, which means that attachment instead of giving up, accepting the positive. <clears throat> uh, yeah, so that's a very um, very beautiful idea, and it's, it's also what makes the Vaishnavas harder to understand, right? Uh, because they made an appearance, be accepting things of the world. Which are here today and gone tomorrow and so forth. But for Krishna's service, a service of the deity, they accept things that a yogi, you know, wouldn't. Mm, palatable dishes and so so forth. We talked about Uddhava wearing the vestments of Krishna, the hand-me-downs of Krishna, which were very fancy royal garments from Dwarka, and he said, "This is our." renunciation. It's actually a stricter form, I think, as I was saying yes, yesterday. If it requires more, I, I would say, on one's part, to be the servant of somebody hmm, hmm, than it does to um, give up exploiting somebody. Hmm? But it's a more comprehensive way to attain the latter, nonetheless, right? Um, you could dig a hole and throw all of your undesirables in it, hmm, but... In bhakti, it's like you dig a hole, you throw the undesirables in it and, and you build a temple on top of it, something like that. And do kirtan, so it's never going to never going to grow again, never going to come back. Um, you have left it behind because it has no utilization in the temple. So put it in the foundation, find something for it, hmm? something like that. Put right in the ground. So, um, so uh, yeah, there are any number of things one could do, and there are some traditional. Um, and Bhaktivinoda Paribar ways of observing Kartik that became um, s- standardized in the various uh, branches, which might be called the various branches of, of, of Gaudiya Mata, the disciples of uh, Bhakti Siddhanta, hmm. after his passing. Uh, led by Bhakti Rakshak Sridhar with Salmi Maharaj, Bhakti Daiti Madhav Maharaj, Bhakti Keshav Maharaj, later my Guru Maharaj, but he had a different um, set of circumstances that he was um, um, confronted with, being in America and a whole different scene. They were largely propagating and circulating, preaching within within Bharat, within India, some of them quite, uh, quite widely like your... Param Maharaj, Maddha Maharaj opened like, I don't know, 10, 12, 20 temples or something like that. Largely in Punjab he was very active, but other places as as, as well. Um, And they would uh, typically um, bring some assembly of devotees to to brudge, if if possible, during Kartik. And... uh, A very strict, uh, uh, intense, and uh, rigorous observance for the whole month that, among other things, involved going through the um, bhajan-rasya of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, which is a book of Bhaktivinoda Thakur's about how to do bhajan, so to speak. It it very much follows the shikshastakam, and it's almost like he has own commentary on shikshastakam but it's almost uh like a slight like, like a second commentary on shikshastakam you may know that as far as i know and i've written about in my own commentary on shikshastakam that it was uh, only bhakti Binod node who looked at the shikshastakam in in a way that that he found the eight verses of shikshastakam corresponding with the different Stages of devotion, of which are nine of which are listed by Rupa Goswami, beginning with Shraddha, Adho Shraddha, Tatat Sarusanga, so ending in Prem. Hmm. So that's quite novel and 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 uh, interesting, helpful uh, for the sadhaka. It's almost like uh, his uh, approach to that is almost like a an, like another. Uh, Madhurya Kadambani, which is a book of Vishwanath Chakravita Thakur that took really two verses that go together one following the other in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, where Rupa Goswami cites these different stages. That's all he says about them. It begins with faith, sadhu sangha, kriya, and so forth. And later, uh, quite some time later, Vishwanath Chakravita Thakur wrote a whole book on those two verses. It's called Madhurya Kadambani. So he really expanded on the different stages. He cites different verses from the Bhagavatam to support, substantiate the stages and, and so forth. Very, You can see how compassionate the, of an idea that was to help devotees. And similarly Bhakti even has done something like that um, by way of looking at the shikshastakam um, as corresponding with these with these different stages. And based my commentary on that that concept which I haven't seen anywhere else. Hmm. And I hadn't seen any, uh, much in the way of commentaries on Shikshastakam, as I wrote for hundreds of years and so forth. Um, there's another commentary, it's, com- con- it's available now, by I don't know when it was written by, by Anantadas, it's entirely, doesn't do that at all, it has it's a different approach to it. He's um, the hunt at, at, at Radhakund. Um so and that's after Bhakti Minod's commentary by I don't know, quite some time. But uh, so that's unique to his commentary in both of them. That the, the commentary itself and then his book Bhajan Rahasya, it's uh, similar. So they would go to Braj and they would and still do today, many of them, and then they would lecture on the Bhajan Rahasya and and perhaps look up the verses that it cited and go there and go there until you end it up and then went as far as you could and then come back again. That's how I was, when I was young, that's how I used to read the books. We would, was under my organization had a small group of book distributors, which now can be done by robot, we heard today. So I'm retired, put out of work, uh, we heard an interesting story but uh, it, it, that aside um, we used to sit when we weren't distributing and, and read the books and then wherever the Prabhupada's purport would take us he'd quote a verse then we'd go to that verse read it and it's purport and maybe it cited another verse and we'd go there until we followed that all the way out and then we'd go back again to the original and read and so forth hmm. follow through so something like that they're doing with bhajan Rahasya and incorporating different Bhajans and And so on. And um, um, it was, it was, it tended to be, or still does, you know, in in some of their um, months, a very esoteric time for Gaudiya Moth, which tended to play down esoteric uh, practices um, in favor of outreach and preaching and the idea that esoteric insights and and whatnot would come as a result of preaching and and kirtan and and, uh, rather than sit and try to be preoccupied with uh, esoteric uh, concepts and so forth. But they would do it. And this was a time where it became rather more esoteric and pointed in its uh, focus uh, with... uh, Devotion to Radha being central to Kartik and so forth. So, um, <clears throat> I met a guy once from a different group in, in Vrindavan during Kartik, and I don't know, I wasn't doing something the way he thought it should be done for Kartik, and I just bumped into this guy in the temple. He was quick to tell me, you know, because I was obviously I was a Westerner, I didn't know anything. I guess what he thought. And you should be doing like this but like that or shouldn't be doing this And I said, look, I've, I've come ten thousand miles you know to, to be here <laughs> that's said in itself. that's you know something, okay. So take it easy. <laughs> so um, so anyway, in principle, you want to add something um, positive. Um, so chant more more rounds would be a simple. Um, example to, for, in a beginning way, and uh, um, or embrace certain. You know, the more focused you get, that, that's probably the better on what it is. Uh, so, if it's it's a month, or Sarada's month, you want to bring her into the into the picture. You could chant, for example, every day the um, stava of Rupa Gosami, hmm? Radhe jai jai of gokula um, and then try to learn the whole I'm suggesting this for you learn the words and, and what, what the meaning is and then then, um, then test yourself next year and see if you can get more meaning out of it and what, what you understood from it or ask questions about it something like that that would be a for for yourself, I think that would be a very nice type of vow because it's it's simple and you should be able to do it. You want any with any vows like this, you want to take vows that you can do. Hmm? And Prabhupada makes a comment about this in in his Nectar of Devotion. He's commenting on a particular anga or limb of bhakti. I forget which one. Hmm? Uh, the Nectar of Devotion. Hmm? I don't know follows bhakti Rasamrita sindhu so the different Angas of Bhakti are listed there, so many of them. So, maybe it's the Anga um, of not over-endeavoring or something like that. But, yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, at any rate, his comment on it is, so, for example, one should make a vow to chant a certain number of rounds every day of the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. Mantra. Hmm? Um, but one should not make a commitment for such, as an example, that one cannot keep up, because if one cannot keep it up, then you're worse off than when you started, because you made a commitment to do one thing, and now you're doing less. So you want to make a vow. He says the principle is, as as distinguished from the detail, of how many and what the principle is, to accept a number that you can live up to and commit to and so forth. Hmm? And then he goes on to say, and so we have um, instructed our students to make a commitment to chant 16 rounds of Japa, Pari Krishna mantra every day. And, so, and it's amazing how someone could read that and think, you know, see, everybody's supposed to chant 16 rounds. But he's saying... Something that's much more dynamic than that, much more individually tailored, and it's not a one-size-fits-all necessarily. Sometimes his his um, s- standard that he came up with, which was an evolving affair, hmm? um, you know, he first asked his disciples to chant 64 rounds a day. And they said they couldn't do that. Then he asked them to chant 32, and they said they couldn't do that. And then 16, and they seemed to be able to do that. So he, he settled with that. It's, ama- it's amazing that uh, some will interpret that standard of his as being there can be nothing below, and there can be nothing above. <laughs> Less than that, or more than that, you're not doing it right. So it's completely missing the, the point, the spirit, the heart, the principle, that constitutes kind of a niyamagraha so you you're following the rule but you don't know the purpose and um, you may even be um, against the purpose in either way if someone may by circumstance even need to adjust their vow because of circumstance that's also a possibility and speak with their their guide their guru and so forth he says no it can't be adjusted I want to chant more no you know then it's a problem. So uh, so that's, anyway, just a general idea with uh, with vows, commitments, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're not one size fits all, so it's, uh, there's room for uh, tailoring it to each uh, individual. As, as much as that's possible, I mean, Prabhupada had an extraordinary circumstance, which is not typical. Um, there may be people that had many disciples like Prabhupada, but not, you know, on all the, Continents except Antarctica and, and North Pole, I guess. I mean, you know, he was everywhere spread out, uh, so a little difficult to tailor it to each and every uh, individual. Um, so, uh, but Gaudi Vaishnavism is very, uh, very diverse, actually, very. It's the dynamism of its of its unity of its philosophy it's one philosophy that lends itself to a variety of expressions and individuality in a, on the, for on the level of sadhana um in terms of angas that one may prefer over another um, on the level of bhava hmm, that uh, will will arise in, in due course and so forth and this this differentiation is meant to uh, ornament, beautify the the decorate the, uh, the, the, the unity, the, uh, the underlying philosophy, you know, like a tree of philosophy, and you ornament it as the Christmas Christmas season approaches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> um, so you, know, you have some license to be an individual, All, also, but it's good, to, of course, to ask so that you stay within the parameters of the the philosophy and your individuality doesn't become ugly by going outside of that and, and that's but it's, it's, it's quite broad, quite uh, accommodating, flexible. And we certainly see that in, in, in Prabhupada, and he couldn't have been as successful. If it wasn't as flexible, it's unfortunate that some are very inflexible in their representation of it um, at times. So does that help? Yeah. Ashram Swami. Ashram has a comment or question, oh, question if it's time for me, Yeah. Um, I've been sitting on this one for about eight months, so <laughs> Okay, I'll do the best I can. <laughs> no, it should be an easy one for you. Um, in Bhakti Rosami Sindhu when Luka Goswami talks about the Anga of Sangha he um, you mentioned three attributes, Sojiti, Svea, Snikay, and Svatovare. That uh, you look, you're looking for the association of sadhus who kind of belong to your same group. I sometimes think of it as like-hearted. Um, Sineke, affectionate, and uh, Svatovare, superior. So I was just wondering if you could unpack those three things for us. Well... Yeah. Beginning with the third, um, superior, hmm, um, we should try to gravitate towards association with devotees who are more advanced than ourselves. And this is the opposite of the material tendency. Material tendency is one by and large that we feel more comfortable with persons who we can control and be above than being uh, always surrounded by people who are more, um, have greater abilities than ourselves. It's not necessarily the case entirely, but in general. Hmm? Um, so to uh, but by associating with more advanced devotees, then we grow. It's thought, to, to play that out a little further, that as I sometimes say in the material world, it, it's sometimes said that you get ahead by stepping on others. Whereas in Vaishnavism, we get ahead by others stepping on our heads, so to speak. We're always on the ground looking to be stepped on or looking at the ground that's been stepped on and trying to put it on our heads, so to speak. So it's a way of saying we're we're looking down to look up, so to speak. We're looking for even the feet of someone who's more advanced, to be underneath the feet of someone who's more advanced than ourselves. Because in the association of more advanced devotees, then we're going to have a chance to grow, right? And this is this is the really the uh, kind of bottom line uh, criterion for determining the standing of a Vaishnav. There's another criterion, that is to say, the more that one spreads Krishna consciousness, hmm, shares it with others, brings others in the fold, you could say the more he or she is Krishna conscious, hmm, because they've got enough to share, right? At the same time, it's possible to have kind of a fox sharing, or a, or a partial sharing because you only have a partial understanding, and although you're voicing the the teaching, um, your insight into it, its significance, its its import, and so forth, is lacking, or uh, or even get it wrong in some instances, so so you could get a group and a large group, and and they could come in. it with certain conceptions that you're not able to clear up because you don't understand them. And the next thing you know, you've got a group that looks like Krishna conscious devotees, but they may not really um, have the uh, Shastriya Shraddha, for example. Let's say, I mean, one of the offenses to the nam, to the name, is to give the name to the faithless. Hmm? So, one of the ways in which that might occur is by, I'll give him initiation because he's important. He's got a lot of money. Hmm? And that way I'm going to get an insurance policy going forward. Hmm? Um, so, without him having that person having the, the required faith, then I'm giving the name to the faithless for my own purposes. And so one has to be careful about that. Um, and so it's possible that one could appear to be a great devotee because of spreading Krishna consciousness. One, part, one time when I cited this the other night, Prabhupada was asked why so many big devotees were leaving. I guess at that point there were some who were leaving or something in the mission. And he said, big devotees don't leave, don't fall. Hmm? So there could be an appearance of bigness. But where I think that is not possible... Hmm? more difficult to imitate, to fool others, and to fool oneself, hmm? deceive oneself. Um, even if, it's, you know, unintentionally, you're deceiving others, you might deceive yourself and think, I'm really spreading Krishna consciousness, I'm a big and important devotee, I'm humble about it, but, I, you know, <laughs> something like that, is, 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 is when we look at it from the other side, uh, of what what Maharaj brought up that constitutes um, sadhusanga. When you're in the association of advanced devotees, then it's more difficult to make a show of it or or deceive oneself. You, or you can't. It's more difficult to deceive that devotee. Some of my godbrothers brothers once came. After Prabhupada left then, Prabhupada, Prabhupada told us before he left that if we wanted to have Siksha, for philosophy association, to go to Pujapada Sridhar Maharaj. I was there at the time, I was massaging his feet when he said that, actually. So immediately after he departed, in November, when the devotees met in Mayapur in February, the committee went, from the from the governing body of ISKCON went to see Sridhar Maharaj and asked him about succession, guru-tattva, and, and, and to tell him that uh, our Guru Maharaj had told us this, we, sh- we could come to you for advice and siksha and so forth. And that was the beginning of the f- formal relationship uh, after Prophet's departure between Shri Marsh and Iskhan. And the way the Iskhan leaders went, uh, conducted themselves, it didn't turn out that well um, for them, unfortunately. Um, and at one point, um, when um, some devotees were... Uh, feeling more confidence in the guidance of Sridhar Marsh and his leadership than in the leadership of ISKCON and expressing that and so forth. Um, some of the leaders of ISKCON this is all recorded and I think we even printed it in a book called Affectionate our, our, Affectionate <laughs> our Affectionate Guardians Yeah, um, they said that, that uh, certain devotees from our group are um, what did he say they are um, they're using you hmm. we all we have great respect for you and so forth but these devotees are using you their idea was their implication was for their own purpose they're manipulating you hmm? for their own purposes mundane purposes and causing a disturbance in our mission and so forth and then Sridharamara said to him, so what you're saying is that you think I'm a fool. And then I can be manipulated by others of your li- ilk and so forth. And it was like, whoa. <laughs> they were like, like, and so, you know, and then he went on. To say he didn't think it was like that. They had some valid points and and so on and so forth. And. So there were some tense uh, times, if you will, and so they couldn't. And then it's, it's he has a clearer vision, um, and so um, so I always looked at it that, that the extent to which a devotee has an affinity for advanced association with others, that he's or she is understanding the principle of. Uh, uh, of of of, uh, of sadhusanga, hmm? and um, conversely, we see some have a samskar for avoiding good association. Hmm? Almost it, it almost is passed on through initiation. Hmm? A samskar, an impression for avoiding good association in the name of. Prabhupada's the best association, something like that. I can't take you to Krishna, but Prabhupada is with Krishna, and I can take you to Prabhupada. Now, how does that work? If Prabhupada is with Krishna, you can't take him to Krishna, but you can take him to Prabhupada. What are you saying here? <laughs> Just to do the math, it, it doesn't quite work, work out. Hmm. Or if you ask, well, you can, you can take them the problem Where is he? That we can't talk about. Hmm? We and how, anyway, that's a, kind of ex, ex, extending the, you know, the point. <laughs> so um, that's unfortunate if we develop a some scar for avoiding good association. And, rationalizing why we shouldn't take advantage of it. I mean, last night we commented very briefly on the sadhuninda, the first of ten offenses to the holy name, which is thought to be the one that should be underscored and most most significant, most detrimental hmm, to uh, one's progress. And um, Mahaprabhu uh, in Charitra compares it to a mad elephant in a garden. What kind of damage will be done, right? Therefore, it said that offense to a superlative devotee of a, uh, which is of, uh, intentional, and so forth, can one in bhava bhakti, if that should occur, could lose bhava bhakti. That's that's extraordinarily powerful. We should play that out a little bit. Uh, because in bhava bhakti you're significantly under the influence of krishna Surup shakti jiva goswami defines bhava bhakti sudha shatva prema Suryam suryamsu samibhak it's a ray of the sun of prem and it 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 it, it, it plays out on the ground of Sattva. that means sandini pure existence. And it is a particular combination of samvit and ladini. Samvit is a kind of knowing. I know myself to be the friend of Krishna. I know myself to be the handmaiden of Radha. And then accordingly, corresponding with the samvit, there will be a corresponding ladini. Or bliss. So there are developments of this dayibhava. Sneha, pranai Pranay, rag Bhav, Mahabhav, and so forth. So it will be different. In Vatsali-ras it will be different, how it plays out. In Sakiras. in the Priyanarmasak, it will be different. In Gopi-bhav, and different kinds of Gopi-bhav, and so forth. So, the Ladini will conform to the Samvit. But, so it's a special Visheshatma. It's a special combination of Ladini and Samvit on the ground of Vishuddha-sattva, Suddha-sattva Visheshatma. So, so this is the surrup shakti is coming to us from the earliest stages on, because bhakti is constituted of surrup shakti. But the, the ingress of Srup shakti is significant at this point, enough that the emotive feature or aspect of bhakti has an active motive and an, an emotive and kind of an external and internal side to it, the internal or emotive side is now become prominent. Hmm? Whereas in sadhana bhakti you can go through the motions and perform bhakti with your senses without that being driven by emotion, hmm? by ecstasy. The difference in bhava bhakti being you might go through the same motions but it's it's arising out of and driven by, by, um, by bhava. So there is significant now in this stage, in Baba Bhakti, the influence of Sruv Shakti, and the influence of Sruv Shakti is is very powerful. Just let me give you an example of that. Krishna's the person, Krishna, hmm? the son of Yashoda, hmm? the friend of Sridham, hmm? the uh, the uh, the uh, lover of Radha, hmm? is all of those things hmm? by the power of sarupa shakti hmm? without if you were to take away the sarupa shakti entirely from krishna you would have brahman undifferentiated there's not even any compassion in, Brah- in brahman or to speak of sagya madhurya this kind of love hmm? So, this is a way of talking about it. Is a beta-bed, right? So, the, 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 the Srupa Shakti in Krishna are one, one and different. So, if you take out the Srupa Shakti from the equation, you have you have Brahman. Hmm? The more the Srupa Shakti is in play, the more Krishna becomes a plaything in the hands of the Srupa Shakti. He's like a puppet. He's got, he's got to be your son. Hmm? And he's not acting like a son and thinking, okay, I'll practice this role and, you know, and I'll do this. He is actually the son of Yashoda. Hmm? Uh, he's not the supreme absolute truth playing the role hmm? of the son of Yashoda or the friend of Sri Dham. He is fully controlled, overwhelmed, by that Srupa Shakti. Now you can try to imagine the power and influence of Srupa Shakti. Hmm? What it can do to the absolute truth, the Godhead. Now, what will it do to you? Hmm? To take you and put you in Krishna Leela, right? Which is what the Srupa Shakti does. What is the chance under that influence of the Srupshakti, you, a tiny tathasta jiva, is going to come out of it somehow. As, uh, you understand? And, and leave. Just to, you know, We were talking this a little bit about this last night. It comes up sometimes. I mean, it's just, Krishna can't leave. And, and he's Krishna. Hmm? He, he's controlled. He, this, is, this is the characteristic of praying bhakti. Krishna's controlled by it. You don't think you'll be controlled by it? That you can resist the control? Of, you can't even resist the control of the material energy, right? On your own, you're just like, you know, a fish in a barrel for the Maya Shakti, you know, to, to catch, to shoot. You know, that example. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's not even a sport. You know, it's just like. <laughs> You're a, you're a, you're a goner. You're, you know you don't have a chance. And it's amazing, you know. You're a tiny spiritual spark. You're superior in constitution to Maya Shakti, but she's vast and powerful. And you, you don't you don't stand a chance to fight against her. And, you, you, and Krishna says it in the Gita, "Mama Maya durataya." Hmm? And uh, you, you, there's no way that you can. Krishna says that you can get out. Of the influence of my Maya Shakti, but momi ve papadante Maya metam tarantite. If you surrender to me, then it becomes easy because you you, go, you have the opportunity to go over her head, so to speak, like this. Help, hmm? raising your hands, go over her head. Then he can, his his Bhakti, his sripshakti, Shakti can easily dispel the influence of Maya. You cannot even get out of the spell of Maya. How could you possibly get out of the spell and influence of the sarup Shakti? Hmm? You understand <laughs> you should just really get this point. It's definitive. <laughs> there's no possibility of leaving Vaikuntha. Right. Okay. so however, relative to our discussion and the point at hand, when you enter into bhava bhakti, there's the Bhavankur. The, the bud budding of the influ of the of a prominent influence of the sarup shakti and an emotional spiritual life is unfolding hmm? and so in that situation there is the remote possibility you're still in this world hmm? um and so there's a remote possibility that you could offend a devotee hmm? It's it's not going to happen, but it's possible. So theoretically, it's possible. In Go, in Golok and Vaikuntha, you can't offend a devotee. It's just not happening. I mean, that, that's if it, if it happened, just happened by Krishna's arrangement, like Jai Vijay. Hmm? Jai Vijay, they, they 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 didn't offend devotees, but they offended the Kumaras. and actually the Kumaras offended them and you know and so on and so forth and Krishna's Narayan's desire for rasa was in play and, uh, and so on and so forth. so but it's possible theoretically in bhava bhakti and the power then of offending a superlative devotee and there's different ways that you could offend a devotee. So you could offend a devotee with your words, with your thoughts, with your words, with your actions, like, uh, and so the on scale of lesser to to greater, and then you could offend a, a a a neophyte, an intermediate, or a superlative devotee. So when you put the two things ends together, the superlative devotee and a physical offense, you got the worst recipe. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, it's Bhaktirasmita uh, Sindhu and its commentaries explained that bhava could disappear. So the power of um, I mean it comes from Sada sangha hmm, that bhakti. You go against the Sada sangha then it, and I think we mentioned it last night you could offend Krishna and your bhava won't go away but if you offend the Vaishna in a serious way then it can go away. Hmm. You know like say you, I mean it's, see how preposterous it is almost but, you know. so you're in bhava bhakti and you decide to you know make a plot to murder, you know, uh, another great devotee. I mean, it's just not going to happen, hmm? but theoretically. Um, so that is a way of emphasizing the power then of, of sadhu sangha in a negative sense, right? If you go against it, it has this power. If you take advantage of it, then and you're, you're, this is how you will grow and what possibility will be. lies there for you, you can, you can bring Krishna under your control you can overwhelm Krishna. So, um, so we want to associate with advanced devotees. And, um, and uh, I will tell you another story that helps illustrate the point I was making as I was playing it out earlier. When Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur wanted to send a missionary to um, England which was the leading country in the world at the time and was ruling over over Britain, st- over India still. Um, he saw the mi- Christian missionaries coming, so we'll send our missionaries back, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. And Vivekananda had gone um, earlier, maybe, what, 50, 60, 70 years earlier, and uh, they had formed kind of a mission that was a type of, response to the Ramakrishna mission to missionaries. He looked at that model and drew some inspiration from it. So anyway, he, he, he asked Pujapachrita to go to uh, England hmm. and um, Sridhar Marsh responded that if it is your desire, groomer, certainly I will go. However, I have some points to raise for your consideration. And the first is that there are others amongst us who have a better capacity to speak English. Hmm. Better, better, better English than mine. Hmm. Number one. Number two, there are those amongst us who are more disposed and inclined as an individual to mix with the public. My tendency is not to mix with the public to be more reclusive. I like to stay in the background. I'm more of an introverted person by nature. Hmm? And thirdly, I value very much your association and how long you will be amongst us in this forum, we cannot say. And therefore I feel that I can take advantage of your association, and, and on that count, also, um, I would prefer to stay here and send someone else. So, what, whatever you desire, I will do. And Bhaktisam uh, Sarasthi had said later that I chose Sridhar because I knew he cannot be converted. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But he liked that third point particular. Hmm. Hmm. He's understood the value of Sangha. So Shiddamarsh lived in that way. In his own moth after the disappearance of Bhagisadan Sarasik Thakur was nothing going on there. Hmm. practically. I mean compared to Iskon or Maud of Marsh's institution or Kaiser Marsh or others who were more outgoing in nature and preaching. Hmm until this gone devotee started coming there and then they started making make more happen and so forth and so on. So it just uh, speaks about his his nature. So he wasn't doing anything. Hmm? Somebody said to me today, oh, that Maharaj, he's only a sannyasi in dress. He doesn't even have a website. <laughs> As if, okay, if you don't have a website, you're not much of a sannyasi. You know? Traditionally, sannyasa was was who had knowledge, liked knowledge, liked to sit and think about things deeply and then <laughs> contemplate the words and the meanings, the implications, and maybe can't even produce anything because he, and which was was like that too, he would just like sit and think of verse, certain verses over and over again, and, and contemplate their meaning and so forth, and he could be content in that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I I want to be free from so many responsibilities, so I'm just free to do that. Just think, oh, that, I'd like to follow that thought out, and where will it go? And and, and that verse, and so forth. So, so the measure, then, of the standing of a devotee hmm, is not uh, necessarily, you could, how many other devotees they can make, and how much they do, and, you know, there's a Buddhist saying, don't just do something, sit there. When we were kids, in, in English, they would say, don't just sit there, do something. <laughs> hmm? So the opposite is maybe harder. Just sit there. Don't just do something, just be busy. Sit there. Can you do that? If you can't, then get busy for Krishna and try again. Get busy for Krishna and try again. You know the story of my godbrother brother Rukripa Maharishi, who asked Prabhupada, Prabhupada, I would like to sit and just do bhajan." all day long. And Prabhupada said, yeah, it can be done. And there was a straw hut in Mayapur, which was originally made for Prabhupada, and Prabhupada stayed And So he stayed in that hut. Hmm? And he was chanting, I don't know, at least 100, 200 rounds a day. Hmm? And then somebody would bring uh, Prashad at lunchtime, leave the plate, he would take it. So he was chanting for a week or two, and and then um, he, he said that uh, he started to think, are they going to bring that same subject again today? Is it Tuesday today? You come to... And, you know, do we ever get any sandesh around here? <laughs> he found his mind starting to go like that, right? And then it got worse. <laughs> and so, he, you know, long before the month was over, he got out and went to Kap Prabhupada and said he couldn't do it. And Prabhupada said, okay, go and preach for 10 years and try again. Hmm? So our preaching should have some effect right that we we're preaching for our own purification hmm? right not that we're going to save the world and sacrifice our own advancement for others um, that's not a good uh, uh way way to, way to look at it so there should be we should measure if, the extent to which our involvement in outreach and activity for Krishna is is facilitating and us turning Turning inward. Otherwise, we may be unknowingly riding an an anartha that arises out of bhakti itself. Hmm? There are anarthas that can come, just like weeds can come when you grow grow a a tulsi plant. Hmm? They they come. Hmm? So there are some anarthas that arise out of bhakti, or in the context of bhakti, you can become popular, Hmm? Um, or other things could happen. You could you could. And then you ride those waves, and think it looks like you're riding the bhakti wave. So, so you don't want to do that. So, um, so the importance, anyway, of uh, sadasanga and this aspect of it that, that Marge brings up, Rupa Goswami, of with senior, advanced, what does he say? Advanced devotees, superior devotees. This will call call our progress. So we should we should. Uh, Of course, there's different ways to associate at the same time with with peers and with um, junior devotees. We don't dismiss that, but that which we'll more readily call our progress, sadhusanga, with advanced devotees. And then um, amongst uh, those advanced devotees, there are different uh, types and... um, 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 it would seem natural that um, that you would choose one who was affectionate uh, towards you, it would seem. Hmm. Uh, so I don't know if there's much to say about that. I think all the uh, advanced Vaishnavas have an affectionate uh, nature, but um, at the same time we choose one because we, we feel, uh, I guess we feel loved or something, it's nice to feel loved. <laughs> um, so, uh, but um, as far as like-minded or like-hearted as Maharaj put it, um, that could be interpreted on different levels also. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, on a lower level there's a statement in Bhakti Hari Bhakti Vilas, that to the effect, citing some Purana or Tantra, um, uh, that um, that if one's a Sudra, one should get initiated by a Sudra; if one's a Brahman, one should get initiated by a Brahman. So these are relative considerations. Hmm. If you're, um, um, uh, you could expand it, I suppose. If you're, if you're um, African American, you should have an American guru. If you're if you're if you're gay, you should have a gay guru. I don't know. You know, I mean, the principle is to, to, to what I was being talking about is is like psychology, and uh, that you, sometimes you would see if you sit with Prabhupada in India, you give a lecture, and some new Indian boy had come, and then Prabhupada would say, "So you understood?" After you get, and the boy would understand said go, and then you find that guy in the kitchen washing dishes. So they had a way of communicating culturally. Which is like, huh? What I probably didn't say to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you understand? So you can get the point across more readily, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a relative advantage in that situation. Mm-hmm. To, again, the teacher can express the teachings in a way that you can more readily identify them, analogies from your own culture, and so on and so forth. Of course, beyond that relative consideration, you want a guru who's, from an absolute perspective, qualified, capable. But if you have both, the relative and the absolute, then you know you you, you have an, an advantage uh, to learn and, 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 and progress. So that is one way of looking at the um, Hm. Uh, hmm. swajatiya it means like minded It means like same birth, jati, from the same jati, from the same caste. Uh, so it can play out on a lower level. Or it can play out on a on a on a on. A, on a, I mean, we're a casteless, so it has to play out slightly different for us. Yeah. Who's like a progressive, you know, or you know, I don't know, a conservative or something. <laughs> it could be uh, whatever is your disposition. Uh, in I mean, that's just an example. But uh, politically, which we should probably stay out of the orbit of, um, unless we, we can't 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 avoid it. It's very Rajasic, uh, you know. Uh, um, phenomena, so, of the world. Um, but um, we can't ignore it entirely, obviously. Uh, we've got a king, we've got to deal with him, you know, so. Um, <laughs> his Highness. So, <laughs> so uh, uh, you know, there's relative ways, is my point, in which you can bring together this svajatiya. Hmm. And then there may be higher ways, um also. You don't want to g- or, or or let's take it a little higher, you know, you want you want to get your Gaudiya. So you want association with advanced gaudiya, Vaishnavas, more than you want association with advanced Ramanuja sampradaya Vaishnavas. Hmm. That would not be Svajatya. Hmm. That's a different jati, so to speak. That's a different group. And they're going to have a different perspective. What? Krishna's too? Bhagavan? What are you talking about? Hmm? Even though they're, though they're powerful devotees, people from Vaikuntha. Hmm? Um, once we were taking lunch at the uh, and hosted by a very um, charming and, and advanced Sri Vaishnava, this is in South India in, in um Kerala, hmm, near um Padmanabh It's like an a a, a portal to Akuntha. Hmm. And uh, he ran a Sanskrit school, so um a godbrother of mine had a had some property there and was doing some preaching, so when I was there we met him and he invited us and he served very nicely Pashad him and his wife and his house was like a temple, and so forth. And so afterwards, we were chatting, and we, and amongst us, we we were engaged in Hare Krishna katha and so he was very, very jolly and serving, and and so one of my gawbers said uh, that, uh, Prabhu, you know, we, we noticed that uh, whenever we do Krishna Kata, you're very jolly. He said, Yes, yes, and he said, Then he said, But if we talk about Narayan, and then before he could, I mentioned another word. He said, That is another thing. He went like this. That is another thing. And I was like, Whoa, it's from Vaikuntha. Holy cow, I thought. This is Bhava just that is another thing. Oh Narayan Yeah, if he an plays like Krishna, that's cute, you know, but, but he's Narayan. And you know, we can't participate in that. He may do that, but our relationship with him is servant to the master. Hmm? So ultimately you know, that is not going to help you grow in terms of the, the, the prospect of bhava that is found in in Gaudiya, Gaudiya lineage um that's an another point is that sometimes you hear that you shouldn't have a Siksha guru who who teaches different from the diksha guru, and sometimes that's erroneously interpreted to say that the shiksha guru should not say anything different than the diksha guru, which for any intelligent person would mean, what do I need him for then? He's not going to say anything different. I mean, the difference means he can't even say anything more, explain a verse differently, you know, within the context of the same sampradaya, where where verses lend themselves to different explanations and so forth. Hmm? So that's just like... Really, a misunderstanding. What the principle is there is that you should have a siksha guru who's a Gaudiya Vaishnav because you've got diksha in Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm? Right? And then also, on a very high level, then um, you can see, for example, in Jiva Dharma, the two devotees. At a certain point, um, there's Brajanath and Bijay Kumar. So one of them is, has affinity for Madhurya Rasa, another for Sakya Rasa. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point in their, their getting siksha, certain texts are uh, past the second chapter of uh, Ujbal Nilmani is being explained in the second chapter up to the second chap up to the second chapter the Sakirasa is explained very briefly in that that book and then the rest of it's all about Madhuri rasa so which one is brij kumar is uh, is the uh, oh, anyway one of them the one who is sakibav finds that the lessons aren't pertinent you know to him so he drops out of that association so that Rajanath, Rajanath. He, he drops out of that mm-hmm. and so forth now I would have not done it like that Bhakti or Kijai because he depicted Rajanath earlier on as a follower of Subal which would mean his his Sakyabhav is, is imbued also with the influence of Madhurya and it, it's, it's it, you would have to understand that Ujbal Nilmani to be able to participate empathetically in the service of radha or krishna um, uh, as a priyanam you'd have to and those you have to understand ujjwal nilmani also so but anyway that's let's look at another way it's not that relative to Gaudi vaishnavism because Gaudi vaishnavism is saturated with madhurya rasa manjari bhava and then the influence of nityananda sakya rasa is there and they're compatible and and so on. Therefore, we find there's a beautiful prayer um, of Rupa Gosami hmm? uh, where he says, "What is that prayer?" Um, what was it <inaudible> Subala Bhalabhavarya Kumarayor. Hmm? He 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 offers. This is he is. He offers a very. He says, "Oh, um, this um, Osubal," he says, "You are the dear friend of the daughter of Rishabhanu Raj and the son of Nanda Maharaj. Hmm? You, 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 you're, you're very close to them. You are their Narma, Narmasaka." Hmm? And therefore, I petition you that I am very forlorn, this forlorn and lovesick person hmm, petitions you, please place my case before them that they may think favorably about me and the implication is that my lovesick pangs of separation for them to attain them, he's speak, speaking as a as a as a as a Baba Bhakta seeking to attain that ideal. Hmm? Hmm. That's very. Uh, so here we find some uh, a verse to illustrate the point. When I talked to Purigosami Maharaj <laughs> once, I cited to him Prabhupada's prayer on the Jala promote Pramodpuri Goswami Maharaj. And in that prayer, Prabhupada says, kottavani chutta chuti vane kai lutta puti. What is it? Uh, Se-deen-ka-ve-ho-be. Yes, Seedin Kavihava. The first part, um, he says, toma ramilane bhai abharashe sukha phai gocharane guridin bo. Kottavani chutta chuti vane kai puti. You know where you are just from those words. Seedin more. There's a very just rolling and somersaulting with Krishna, playing throughout the forest all day long. When will that that day be mine that I can enter into that that cowherding Leela with you, my friend? Something. So when I got to this part in the poem, it pretty much kind of lit up and said, oh yes, Sakira Yeah. And so uh, then I said to him, it was a controversy that some people were making at the time that I, I was not um, pleased with. I said, some are saying that because my guru Maharaj is in Sakhyarasa, if you want to get Madhurya Baba, then you have to go elsewhere. And then he said, Baba, he said, if your guru is in in, in his point is, it's hard to find a guru in any rasa. But hmm? <laughs> if your guru has feelings like this, he's writing about them. This is the implication, of course, in his private moments, hmm? so feelingly. I mean, this is a glimpse in the most private moments of Prabhupada's life on the, on the Jaladutta. There were no disciples. There was no mission. Hmm? He's so feelingly praying to Krishna. And it's very beautiful, the poem. The first part is all Sharanagati. The second part is all Bhava. So he's petitioning. Let me surrender. Let me give me the power to do the work of my guru. And so on and so forth. And having gotten that from you, let me enter into the, your cowherding Lila's, you know, so, so feelingly. I mean, this is, you couldn't get, uh, 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 this is Guyama and he's revealing his heart. Hmm? This is just like something just, and Sridhar had that poem. Hmm? He had it in, in written form, and he had it in his head. Hmm? And he had the meaning of it, the deep implications of it. Hmm? And so, you know, he, he brought it up to us at some point. It's not that it wasn't necessarily known by some of us or felt or unknowingly felt even by some. But he, it was amazing how he, he would just gravitate towards, this is it here. This is where the whole thing is all about. The whole Krishna consciousness movement is coming out of this, hmm? that he did. He prayed to, to, to Krishna, give me the power to do the work of Radha, that my guru... Is a servant who my guru was a servant of, and on her behalf is asking me to do this service, which is impossible. Hmm? Give me the power that I can do it, and he negotiated with Krishna, and Krishna obviously gave him the power, and and the Krishna consciousness is spreading all over the world, and in all that, don't miss something else. Somebody's going back to Godhead. Hmm? The person who starting, who's generated who's the engine, he's going somewhere else. Hmm? He's doing that, and it's, because I said, that is fueling his engine to go there. Hmm? Don't forget about that part. That's not less important, or the part that we should ignore. That should be put together. And then when he is, and he's gone there, maybe you want to turn your direct, yourself, uh, and all this big group, a little bit in that direction. And what did Prabhupada say? Boil the milk. Hmm? Boil the milk. What about that? Uh, That's not like the easy thing to do. Hmm? An excuse for not being able to preach or something. That's the hard thing to do. To boil the milk. Hmm? That requires more. Asking more of you. We're not asking less. Hmm? How come you're not standing still out selling books, Maharaj? I, the L.A. airport's still open. You know, I've had people say that to me. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's not a bad thing to do. But I got you know, I'm doing some writing now. But you know, but already wrote the books. I know. Have you read them? <laughs> Maybe you'll understand what I'm doing if you read them carefully. So, what a powerful um, prayer that 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 is. And what was my point in bringing that? Up? Um, Yeah. Oh yeah, so so so, so Purimarsh. So so Purimarj said Baba, if you're a guru and he appreciated the poem that the proper was you know saying this that, that if your guru is in Sakuras and you think you got a problem, you got a problem. <laughs> you have not understood. Hm. We take um that's there's another one another example of of um Das. Shamananda, right? Initiated in the in the Paribhar of, uh, of uh, Subhal, of Goridas Pandit. Hmm? Goridas Pandit. And then he had the influence of Jiva Goswami. And not only Jiva Goswami, but some... He was doing Seva. He just had a little broom. He was sweeping some part of the Dham so that at night Radha and Krishna could have a... Nice place to perform their leelas. Mm-hmm. You know, just as an aside, a point. one time I met a disciple of Bon Maharaj in the market in Vrindavan. And I said to him, I said, uh, you know, we talked, he was, speak, he was a good at speaking English. And I said, why don't you, why don't you come to America and the West and preach? He said, why should I do that? And I, you know, gave my reply. And then I thought, yeah, yeah why should you do that? <laughs> I mean, you know. It, it, it's it, it's a good thing it's important and, but it's but but you're living in the Dham and you, you know and you that's something they said for that <laughs> also right mm. so um so anyway so yeah so pretty says, so your guru is if you then you think you got a problem that you don't understand so shamananda so shamananda he had association this gopi gave him a gave him a uh, he found a trinket like a, a ankle, bell. ankle bell or something and then maybe Bishaka gopi appeared like a village girl and said, "Oh my mistress, she dropped that last night I came looking for that thank you and took it pressed it on his forehead right and it made an indelible mark and so when his guru heard he's wearing a different T-lock he, he, and then hriday Chaitanya said what's this what kind of deviation is he wearing a different T-lock and and uh, so I guess it was you know brought to his attention well he said no it's not like that this happened and it's a pretty spectacular story so you could suspect I don't know about that story uh, you know and um, and so it was resolved in meditation you know the story right yeah. Uh, he uh, he went into meditation, and then he came back, and he told her Chaitanya I got a message for you, his guru, and he told him the message, and the message was something that only Subhal Saka would know, because Subal in the form of Goridas Pandit, his guru, had told him this, and then he realized, wow, this he really did this that he this does go there and come back, and uh, yeah, and he has that kind of communication, so then he was blessed and. And so forth, and then of course he didn't go and get reinitiated or anything. It's a great honor for his, uh, his his guru and so forth. So, um, so at any rate, um, uh, swajatiya hmm? You don't want to um, if you got a desire for madhu, uh, vatsalya rasa, then the balava sampradaya will be more Swajatiya. Hmm? For you, than the Gaudiya Sampradaya, because that is very uh, uh, prominent in Balab Sampradaya. So, this is another kind of higher way of looking at that concept of Svajatiya. You understand? Is that good, Marge? Hmm? Thank you. <laughs> so, Sadasanga kijai, ki Ashram Maharaj Kijaya. Ki go with preman and the one chakal patrovius chakri